0: Hello, friend. It's friend here. Okay, so last time we were looking at um, chapter two of Genesis, where we get our partnership from. We are partners with God, and we are partners with each other. And our mission is to till the garden and to keep it, to work on ourselves, to make the world a better place. It's pretty simple. But this is how it all goes wrong, right? It started out so simple, and now we have decided to eat the poison, and it's all going to go off the rails right here. And I think that any of us who have come through this world to this point in our life, if we're adult enough to care about this podcast, will have done some of this at some point, right? But I mean, everybody's going to eat the fruit sometimes. We're just dumb. I can't, I don't know how else to say it. (laughs) so chapter three my subheading says the first sin and its punishment now the serpent the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the lord god had made what is it it's wild it's a animal and god made it so Who made the Satan? So the serpent represents the Satan, right? He's a symbol for the rebellion, the act of rebellion, the act of hearing what God wants from you and choosing otherwise. This is the whole idea of sin. This is what it means to sin, to just be a little rebel. And we think that that should be a good thing and okay and get us by and... I mean, in small doses, we might be able to, you know, you might be able to drink some Drano in small doses and and not die from it. But the more you drink the Drano, the closer you get to death, right? So this is the whole idea of sin and punishment and death. So um, he said to the woman, Did God say You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And what does Eve do? She listens. Right here, she listens. She's like, oh, this little squirmy worm wants to talk to me. Let me talk back to him. Where the appropriate response is something closer to what Moses does. He sees the serpent and he jumps away. But Eve, this is her first encounter. Nobody's encountered the serpent before. She's in uncharted territory here. And what does the serpent do? He he takes what is true and twists it a little bit. And he twists it from this uh, command of abundance. You can eat of any tree. And he twists twists it into deprivation. You can't eat of any tree? You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? That's not what he said. He said, you can eat it of any tree in the garden, except the one with the poison in it. The woman said to the serpent, and by the way, it was nice of God to tell us that there's poison in that one, that there's evil in that one. What if he hadn't told us that? But we think he's mean because he told us that? No, he was nice because he told us that there's evil in that one. Don't touch it. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat it." the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die." So Eve reports a little bit right, he re- she re- responds to the serpent a little bit right and a little bit wrong, because she adds something to the command. "You shall," She says that you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, that's correct, nor shall you touch it. That's not correct. She added that part. Or you shall die. So this commandment came before Adam existed. God told this to, I mean, before Eve existed. God made this command to Adam. And then Adam, we assume, told Eve, right? So uh, we don't know if maybe Adam added to it, just to give it a little heft, or if Eve added to it. Um, but, that, but adding to a command, God's going to say this all the way through the book. Don't add to my commands and don't take away from my commands. They're perfect. Everything I make is perfect just as it is. Don't mess with it. So, um, or you shall die. So they're not going to die right away. Which is, I think, what happens to us all. We're like, oh, I I can eat this. I feel a little empowered and I didn't die. So now let me do it again and again and again. Uh, But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That's a full-on lie and it's mostly made of FOMO. (laughs) The fear of missing out. This is what he's always telling us. If you listen to God, you'll be missing out on something you could have had your own way. And and we fall for that every time. We fall for it in little ways. If you buy this upgraded toilet paper, your life will be better. Is it really? Really? No, but I just spent an extra three bucks on the bag that I didn't need to from all the way to, you know, we can take that right off the cliff, right? So this FOMO is something that we are sold by the serpent on a daily basis through our phones and from each other. The world is full of FOMO, but we, we must be wise and rule over it, right? But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil, you're not going to be like God. You're not going to all of a sudden be able to create a whole freaking cosmos. That's not going to happen. You're just going to have eaten the evil and you're going to die. That's what happens when you drink the Drano. If you put diesel in a gas engine, you're going to kill it. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it is, it's a fruit tree. And delight to the eyes. So it you, she's it's building desire. The serpent has built desire, wanting for this thing in her. That the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband. So when we eat something, when we take it into ourselves, looking at it, mm, look but don't stare, right? That's what I was told when I got sober. Look but don't stare. Don't st- don't stare at the bottles, don't stare at the pretty glasses, don't stare at the pretty people drinking. You're going to see it. Don't stare at it. But that won't kill me. Touching it won't kill me. If I touch the glass, it's not going to kill me. If I drink it, it's going to kill me. Right? So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to... Be, be desired to make one wise if I if I have a drink I feel smart I feel empowered I feel suave and and sexy and all these wonderful things right so she took and she ate it and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate this is what we do we want to share we want to share I don't know why this is the thing that we want to share do we want to share everything or just the bad things I don't know look at Facebook and tell tell you um then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked i know now that i can be seen god has this kind of x-ray vision right and if i do something that i know is wrong i don't want to look people in the eye because i feel naked that was one of the greatest promises that i got with sobriety was Um, In the promises, it says we'll be able to look people in the eye again. I could do that. When I'm living right, I'm not hiding stuff. I'm not scheming on stuff. I'm just completely transparent. I can look you in the eye. Even if I've done something dumb or I don't know the answer, I can still look you in the eye. And, And that's what it, to me, what it means to be naked is that feeling of like they can see what I'm really like. And they sewed fig leaves, that's the imposter syndrome, right? I'm pretending I'm good, but I'm not. And and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. So fig leaves, if you pluck a leaf off of a tree, it might stay in decent shape for a couple of days, but then it's going to fall apart, it's going to die, it's going to get crinkly, it's scratchy first if you're wearing it, and then it's just going to crumble into nothing. So this is what they tried to to use, this this ridiculous cover that just crumbles and, and fades into nothing. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. So God is, I always think of God as like this Godzilla-size being, but I think maybe it's more like a Jesus-size being where... He can be right there in the garden with us, and of course, he's the entire cosmos, but all things, right? So he's, I think in this, maybe a Jesus-sized person. And at the time of the evening breeze, so the sun is going down, which actually means a new day is coming in the Hebrew calendar, The, the new day starts in the evening. It's really hard for us to get our head around for those of us that use a solar calendar. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees and the garden. You want to hide? Of course you want to hide. We're like vampires when we're doing something wrong. we want to stay in the dark. We don't want anybody looking at us. Scare ourselves, scare them. But the Lord called, the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? What's he asking for? A confession. He wants an inventory. He wants you to do a fifth step right there. He wants you to say, oh, where am I? Who am I? What am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And he's asking for a confession. He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Adam says this, I'm naked and I hid myself. This is what we do. And and God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? He knows. He's done it. Of course he knows he's done it. So, again, he's asking you to own your stuff. Take ownership of your bad things so that we can make it right. All the heroes in the book, in this book coming up, will own their stuff when they've done something wrong. It, they don't not do anything wrong, but they own it when they do it. That's, uh, that's how you man up. The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. Blame. I'm going to blame you, God, because you gave me the woman and I listened to her. Oh No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? Asking for a confession asking you to own your stuff, asking for a fifth step. And the woman said, well, fourth and fifth step, right? And the woman said, the serpent, he tricked me and I ate. So now she's going to blame the serpent. And the Lord God said to the serpent, who does God get mad at first? The serpent, because he bit the children of God. He stuck his gnarly fangs into them, struck them, lied to them. Those lies made them, he didn't make them, but encouraged them to act. So the serpent has taken the leadership in this role, right? Leadership is incredibly important to God. If you speak up and try to influence somebody, influencers, hear me now, If you try and influence somebody to do the wrong thing, God's going to see you and curse you. I'm sorry to say. If you try to influence somebody to do the right thing, he's going to love you and support you. So the Lord God said to the serpent, first, this is who he's mad at. This is who he curses. Because you have done this, I'm holding you responsible, serpent. Cursed are you among the animals and among all the wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. (coughs) Dust, not water, not air. You will not have any of me in you. I will put enmity, which is a fancy way of saying hostility, between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. This is a good thing. In my estimation, this is a good thing. I want to have hostility between me and the serpent, not friendship. I want to have friendship between me and God. This is where I'm going with my third step. I am deciding to turn my life and my will over to the care of God, not the serpent, right? So here's our third step. I am wanting hostility between me and the evil. I don't want to eat it anymore. He will strike your head and... uh, and. He will strike his heel. This is considered to be Jesus, right? Jesus is going to come crush the head of the serpent. And in that, though, the serpent's going to get in one last strike and strike back at Jesus. That's way, way, way down the line in this story. But there's other people who attempt to do this, too, right? Jesus did it once for all forever. But there are all kinds of people, all the patriarchs, everybody in this whole book who stands up for what's right is striking at the head of the serpent and what's in your head bad thoughts and what's in your heel your actions 316 to the woman he said he doesn't curse her i'm sorry if that's how you've always heard it said it doesn't say that it says to the woman he said he didn't shout he didn't terrorize her he didn't do anything but say to her I think he explained to her your life is going to be hard now because you're not on your third step <laughs> you're not with me you have not conformed your free will to my goodwill you have conformed it to the serpent and now life is going to be hard and anybody who's had a hard life understands what that means and the childbearing that's your future Your future is gonna be hard to bring forth. You shall do it in pain. Your future will be painful. Yet your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. This partnership, you're gonna have this desire in partnership, but he's gonna be ahead of you and not next to you. And this is what happens with women. And to the man, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, not me, I do this all the time. I make other people, especially my husbands, into... Yes, there's plural. (laughs) My past husbands and my current husband into a false god because I will listen to other people before I will listen to God. And that is a false god. I now have a false god in place of the real god. I listen to somebody else's voice instead of his, and everything goes wrong. This is what happened to Adam. And I... And because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground. Adam is also not cursed. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. It will be hard to, you will have hardship in your future, he says to Eve, and you will have hardship in the present, he says to Adam. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. Yeah. Life is painful when I'm not on the same page as God. If I'm not in that third step, life, step, life is painful. And it, you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Okay, so there's hard labor sweat, and there's anxiety sweat, right? And there's fear and terror sweat. All of those things will make your face sweat. You shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken. You are in dust, and to dust you shall return. So this is the um, punishment. You're going to have to leave the garden. You're going to have to leave my presence. I will come with you, but you cannot live with me because you are not living right. So I don't want to go on too long here. But for now, let's just say, how do I say this short we're just not going to have the presence of God in us so much. We're going to be dust, right? And we want to keep that presence of God in us, and the way to do that is to stay in the steps, to stay in this these constant steps of, I'm not powerful, God is powerful, but I can use His power if I do it the right way. I can be His partner. In step two, I can see His good order brings sanity. And step three, I can turn my will and my life over to the care of this good God who made this good world. And in step four or five, I can own my responsibility. I can own my part in this and say when I'm wrong. And I can just name that to myself, to God and to other people. And step six and seven, I can let go of those things that are keeping me from God. Step eight and nine, I will make I will make it right. Step 10, I will keep doing this. And step 11 and 12, I will keep meditating and praying and staying with God until I become a better human being. And that is the story of the rest of this Bible. And if you get that right, you get it all right. Um, and then it's the rest's details. How do we do that? So we're almost done here. The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. Everybody is born just like Eve, just like Adam. So the names Adam and Eve, remember in Hebrew, the names have meaning. Adam means human and Eve means life. So we have human life. Adam and Eve are human life. And that's why I think he says, you need both. You need, you need human and you need life. You need The male and the female, you need everything in its proper order and its proper balance. The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. You're all going to be like this, so don't be thinking that you're going to be missing out on taking that fruit. You're going to eat the fruit at some point. Just get over yourself. (laughs) And the Lord God made garments of skin for the man and his wife and clothed them. So he sends them out the door. He sends them out the door. It, there's no escaping this punishment. It's happening. But he sends them out with love and care and a better cloth for themselves, which is made of an animal. We don't know anything about any of that process at this point. There's, he's going to expand that wide open later with the animal sacrifices. But for now, they are covered with something better than they could cover themselves with. He still loves them. He always loves them and he will escort them out of the garden. He will be with them on the outside of the garden and he will always hope that they can be holy enough to come back into the garden. This is the this is the point of the, our father prayer to make heaven on earth, right? So anyway, last bit. 22, then the Lord God said, see, the man has become like one of us. Me and Lady Wisdom, I would say, or the Trinity, obviously, that's always... Where I say God, I mean Trinity, but this to me also includes Lady Wisdom here. Knowing good and evil, because why wouldn't she be included in the wisdom of knowing what is good and evil? And now he might reach out his hand to take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. You can't have that. You can't have somebody who has evil inside them living forever that's a vampire. That's our fascination with vampires, I'm sure of it, but that's not what we want. We don't want evil things living forever. That will be what he does with the flood. He, he tries to correct that with the flood. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken to work on himself. He drove out the man and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim, which is like a big fiery sword-wielding angel guard, and the sword flaming, and a sword flaming and turning to guard the way to the tree of life. So that's it. That was our sweet, short and sweet time. We don't really know how how many years they might have been alive at this point, or like how long it took to get tossed out of the garden but we've been tossed out of the garden at this point but God's coming with us he's coming with us he still loves us we just have to get back in his good graces so um, but first we're going to see civilization and all sorts of other wonderful things being made and destroyed and remade and oh there's so much epic adventure here okay bye friends